Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 169 of the Kick It With Cool Card Show. I am your host, Cool Card. Thank y'all for tuning in. Uh, if this is your first time, I do invite you to subscribe so I can continue bringing you the gems that I bring to you with all of my great guests that come on the show each and every week. Um, last week, we had Rem the Artist. He's a visual arts artist. He basically educates us, our people, about our culture through his art. So it was a great send-off for Black History Month having him on the show. Very talented brother. Y'all should definitely go check him out. It is on episode one. 58 so definitely go check them out um yeah man it's 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 uh it's a blessing to just have all these great people come on here um and yeah so last episode y'all definitely go check him out man but listen tonight i had aj brown she's a brand influencer from ghana africa i had her on here before and you know ever since i've had her on here she's made leaps and bounds like she's blowing up on instagram on tiktok she's getting branded uh, deals and all types of stuff. Like she's doing her thing. So I had her coming on tonight, but unfortunately the power went out in Accra and Ghana tonight and it's still off. So she hasn't, it hasn't come back on, so she can't get on for the night. But yesterday, March 6th, marked the, uh, the date for Ghana's independence. It was, they celebrated their independence yesterday. So what I'm going to do, I'm not going to talk your head off tonight. I'm just going to basically throw it back to my Michael Blackson interview as a tribute to Ghana tonight. Since we're already going to have somebody on here from Ghana, why not, right? It only makes sense. So I'm going to go ahead and play this recap of Michael Blackson, of the interview that I did with Michael Blackson um, during COVID. Yeah, and if you guys have been following me, you guys know about the interview. You probably watched it. Um, if you haven't, well, no better time than now, right? So, so yeah. So I'm gonna go ahead and recap that for you guys, man. It's um, you know, the African king of comedy. Who else better than to have on and and basically in tribute to Ghana's independence? So, like I said, man, I appreciate you guys tuning in every week. I'm not gonna miss a show, regardless. Somebody cancels or something happens, like what happened tonight at the last minute. This show is going to go on, so I got to give y'all something. So I'm going to bring you the gems that Michael Blackson dropped back in 2020, man. This is, what, three years ago? 2020. 2020. Listen, I'm, I'm so I'm so indebted, man. Like, I, I really, um, I'm really indebted to him and his manager for blessing me with the interview. It was a great interview. I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, until next week, man. Episode, listen, we're going to keep these episodes rolling. I'll see y'all next week. I'm going to go ahead and run this recap. Y'all enjoy it. Enjoy the show. Thank you for tuning in. If you're catching this on the replay, hey, I appreciate you putting your eyes to my vision and to my platform. All right? Without further ado, let's get it, y'all. Michael Blackson. I'm going to see y'all when I see y'all, which is next week. You never know who I might have, so make sure you come back, tune in, tell a friend, also share it, and follow your boy on Instagram, The Cool Card Show. Here we go. And subscribe. If you have not subscribed, did I say that? Subscribe. <laughs> it's all love, y'all. But I appreciate y'all. Let's get it. Michael Blackson, y'all. Michael, what's happening? What's good, man? God, it's like the best of wilding out. <laughs> hey, man. I could only take sound bites because I couldn't use video because of copyright on YouTube. They'd take it down. So, you know, I didn't want to destroy the show. So I had to do, you know, use what I had to use a little bit. But 
we got you live in the flesh so yes man, sir I appreciate nah, nah, i'm feeling good man how's everything going everything is beautiful man everything is beautiful i appreciate you coming on doing the show for me it's an honor man been following you for years years man i go back so yeah definitely so listen man first and mm -hmm. foremost um i know you don't get personal too personal or anything like that and i'll never ask you anything personal without your permission but i did hear you talk about um the situation with your son on the breakfast club so i just want to say I, mm -hmm. I hope and pray that you know god has intervened in that situation and brought him through on the other side of that and he's good so i want to start off by saying that oh yeah yeah definitely man you know he's doing much better he's actually i spoke to his mom the other day i know um call me but i miss his call i think he started work uh today he started a new job today so oh that's dope uh, i'm gonna find out all about it i don't know much about it but i'm gonna find out i know he's been looking for work he's been telling me hey, dad help me get a job i'm like my whole thing i was trying to get him more like go get training go and work your brains go right. learn something and like he just want to work 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 you know he want to make his own money yeah so i had uh so his mom was you know in philly helping him find a job so as far as I know, he's supposed to have a job. He was started work yesterday, Monday. Okay. Yeah, that's dope, man. That's a blessing. That's a blessing because yeah. I know, yeah, he was into some heavy stuff. So that's that's a blessing, man. So listen, man, you as a comedian coming up in Philly, man, you you know you've done the next Friday, you've done the Savages, beat the Blacks. Everybody wants to know what's up with the new coming to America. Can you speak on that? Are you are you doing that? Uh, you know, not, I can't get into details at all. I mean, we all know the movie's coming out. Okay. I mean, if you Google his stuff, I mean, if you Google on it, there's a lot of stuff out there on it. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. As far as I know, you know, we shot the movie already. It was shot during the fall. Okay. You know, uh, it was shot when August, September, October. I think it was done by October. Like you know. And we're looking forward to coming out Christmas. Christmas is a date that we know, you know. So hopefully by then the whole country is opened up and people will go back to the movie theater. Cause yeah. I mean, that movie is gonna be to me bigger than life. You know, you could be an extra in that movie and become famous because I think everybody yeah. want, want to see this movie. Everybody's looking forward to this movie. Absolutely. It's a beautiful, great script, you know. Um, I mean, from reading the script, I'm, I'm like, it's like the first one plus more, you know. It's like all this great cast from the past, you know. Of course, it still had Eddie Murphy or Cindy Hall, you know. The, the, um, who else? Uh, my goodness, uh, John Amos and um, you know, uh, John Amos plays dad, and then who, who's Mr. McDowell? He's also in it. I mean, almost everybody. What's his name? The fourth. So we have like the old cast, the okay. original cast. You know, um, it's, it's and then a lot of new surprises, a lot of new surprises in the movie, and um, you know, from like guys like you know uh, Wesley and um, me and um, you know Leslie Jones. I mean, if you Google it, you'll see everybody that's in it. So it's like you got the old, you got the stuff from the past, and you got the new people added to it, like the new generation versus old generation. It's an amazing movie. It's great. You guys are gonna love it. And I'm just hoping everything, hopefully COVID doesn't ruin it. You know, we're hoping yeah. everything comes out as planned and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I really hope it's open up, man, so everybody can flood out there. That thing is going to hit probably like Black Panther, man. Everybody's waiting oh, for yeah. that. Everybody. Oh, yeah. Well, the great thing about that movie, you know, it goes so far back. Like, it's, it's, not, it's not like a, a remake. It's just a continuation, you know. Okay. So that means it's going back to like 32 years ago. Yeah. You know, so you go 32 years ago, man. How old were you? You know, think about it. We're all little, right. we're all little kids. 
Right. I don't even know you was born at 32 years ago, you know? Yeah, I was here. But, I was here. <laughs> right. So now you're going to have the, the generation of those generations, and then you're going to have, like, so you're going to have, this is going to be the first movie where you're going to have 60-year-olds going to the movie because they remember this movie 30 years ago. You right. Know? So it's going to be it's, it's going to be like the young to the, to the old. Everybody's going to be in the movie theater to see this. Man, coming to you know? America. And what I like best about it, you know, they made it PG-13, which is, uh, kids, it's like you take the you can take your kids to watch it, right? You know, so now you get the you know, so I'm expecting so much from this movie. And shout out to Eddie and Osin Neil and the director, you know, for for putting such an amazing job together. Who directed it? Uh the guy that actually the same guy that did uh um, hustle uh, did uh, he, of course he wrote and directed Hustle and Flow. Okay. Um, Jen, and then um. Uh, he also did wasn't it um, the thing he just did recently with um, with Eddie um, Dolomite Dolomite oh Dolomite yeah 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 um, uh, Bruce what's his name oh my god he's gonna be so pissing me for messing up his damn name <laughs> I'm gonna forget Craig, I'm, Craig Brewer Craig Craig shout out to Craig Brewer great director did a great job uh, the producers were amazing I don't remember their names you know. But uh, I'm just, everybody did a wonderful job. It's a, it's a greatly well-directed, so I'm looking forward to this. That's dope. Was Next Friday your first movie appearance? Next Friday was my first, man. You know, uh, and the crazy thing about that movie is 20 years old, and hey. people still quote that line to today. Yeah, yeah, classic, man. That's a fabric. Classic, That's man. A- that just tells you, man, like, you know, as a comedian, you know, you never really look forward to, like, as a comic, I'm not when I started doing comedy in the, in the, you know in the mid '90s. All right, it's like back then was the sitcom era, sitcom. Yeah. So your goal, you become a great comic, and then you make your way. Hopefully, you're able to get on the sitcom or get appearance in the movie. That was your whole goal. Right, right. You know, uh, and and of course with me, you know, it, it so happened the way the, the way it happened where I went. I skipped the whole television where strip from stand up to like being in a movie. Yeah. You know, and like I say, it was just it was just a two minute scene that when you're as a comedian, your goal is to capture what is a minute or two minutes and make it yours. Yeah. And you know, and technically, man, that scene is so was great and so memorable. I mean, look, I haven't done no real major movie since then. You know, I mean, of course, I've done little smaller things. Yeah. And then, I, you know, I've done more independent stuff. But this one was like New Line Cinema, big time movie for, you know, for every black person to go watch. You know, so from that little two minute scene, the whole world got to see me. Yeah. And I'm still making a living off of that, you know, till now the next big thing, which is coming to America too. Right. When I do this, and the, you know, when I did next Friday's like all the black people got to know me. All the Hispanic got to know me. They come to America too. It's gonna bring out the whole world. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so if you if you hiding on a rock and you, <laughs> and you don't know who Michael Blackson is, you wanna know who Michael Blackson is in this movie. That's a, yeah, that's a blessing, man. That's a blessing. What about now? What about uh, last Friday? Because you're you're doing that, right? Can we talk about that? Well, you know, we talked. I mean, last Friday, as far as I knew, we you know we we. It probably would have been done by now, you know, but rest in peace to John Witherspoon. And I think once he passed away, it set everything back. Oh. So now I'm sure they have to like rewrite the script a little bit. And so now we just waiting. But 
I'm looking forward to that. I think it should be another great movie, you know, another final sequel. Right. That I think the whole world would love as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. That's it's cool though to see you come from that in 2000 and then now you're doing mm -hmm. Last Friday, which I'm pretty sure you'll have a larger role. Like it's it's just it's crazy how God works, man. God works miraculously. <laughs> I mean, it's and you know, just growing up coming to America, you know, in the mid eighties, late eighties, whatever, eighties something I came and like to actually look up to Eddie Murphy is like, God, this guy is so funny, so great. Right. And then you look years later, I'm a stand up comic, which that was not part of my plan. You know, and then I'm in I'm standing next to this guy having a conversation with him, you know, and he knows who I am. Yeah. You know, because it was if it wasn't for him and Arsenio, I mean they made that happen for me. They said we want Michael Blackson to play this. Oh wow. You know, so it, yeah, 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 man. If you if you go look up the um go look up YouTube and put in Michael Blackson and Eddie Murphy, it started all up with TMZ approaching Eddie Murphy about coming to America too. And then he mentioned something about Akon said he should have more Africans. And Eddie said, well, I know one funny African, Michael Blackson. And that was, that right there when Eddie, when Eddie said that, I did not need to audition for this movie. Wow. It all happened, the agents just took those those clips that Eddie said and sent it to the to the casting agent and said, hey, Eddie want Michael Blackson in this movie, so make it happen. And they already had, they already had a, a scene written out for me already. That's crazy. So, that's yep. love right there, man. That's love. So I want your opinion on something. So mm -hmm. when comedians, they, you know, become like mega movie stars or mega TV stars, do you feel, and maybe it's based on just the person and work ethic, but do you feel that it kind of dilutes the funny of a comedian? Maybe because... I mean, you know, it's really up to that comic, man. Okay. It's, it's really up to that comedian because a lot of time, you know, you, you start doing these big, they start doing big movies. And I haven't got there yet. I haven't, I haven't got a, my own starring role in a movie where it's the one where you give me some real money. You know, they start giving me this big money and then, you know, and I mean, I think it's like with any job, with any job, you go with where the most money is. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, think about it. When Chris Tucker started doing movies, he was doing movies back to back, making real money, $20 million, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, he probably made a little bit of money. He probably probably got his first million money talks. And after that, he went to the rush hours. And he got paid millions for the rush hours. Yeah. So if rush hours is paying you millions. Then hey, if acting is paying me the money, let me do more acting. Right. You know. But at the end of the day, they always will always come back. Yeah. To where we started. You know. To me, stand up comedy is where I make my money. Right. Is my biggest passion. You know. It, it it crushed me to sit home four months without hitting the stage. Oh, I'm sure. And then recently, I went and did something uh, uh, a week ago. A week ago from today, I did something. I did Fifty Cent surprise birthday party. Yeah, I saw and that. And did a and did a stand up at his. And and I just all my confidence came back. <laughs> but usually, a comedian, man, we don't hit the stage for two weeks. You can see the difference on stage. You you know you you your timing is off. You forget your material sometimes. So imagine what it's like to be off for four months. Wow. You know, but I was able to, you know, go on that stage just to like bring some, just to like, I felt like, let me make sure I, I didn't lose any of this. Yeah. Because during this four months of sitting at home, I mean, I'm doing so much stuff online with, you know, twerking Thursdays and <laughs> Titty Tuesday, all these crazy things I'm doing. Yeah. 
and I'm like, you know, I'm not even taking time to study for my material because I'm like, when am I going? I'm not sure when I'm going on stage, so I'm not about to entertain that. Let me try to find me another way of hopefully making some money till I. And I'm like, man, I was missing the stage, yeah. you know. So I wrote some material down, and I said, like, you know what, this is perfect timing. Let me go do this thing for 50. Grab the mic for 20 minutes and surprise myself. Wow. So okay. now I'm like ready to go out there. But you are right when comedians, when we step away from stand up, when we step away from stand up for a, a period a period of time to do other things, we lose our touch. So, but you know, we don't lose it completely. You might just fall off a little bit, but you can always get it back. You know, you just gotta you just gotta just work hard towards it again. That's why I just I just I try to get on stage. I mean, prior to COVID, I used to get. I make sure I got on stage at least every other week. You know, if I have some time off, I would never go more than two weeks without getting on stage. It'd be eight, ten days at the most. You know. So do you do you kind of like? Would you just go out to open mics and just? They, yeah, trust me. If we had it, I would have been going. The not the, the comedy clubs are not open here. Right. You know, uh, the only thing I could probably do was get on a plane and fly out to states that are open. Yeah. You know, there are a few states that are open, like Georgia and Alabama, part of Texas, you know, they are open for me to go out and hit the stage. But the thing about it, I've been doing this so long and I know what my fans like. I know what the people like. I almost think I'm at the point where I can't go wrong. You know, I think they know that I know what's funny. Right. So, I, you know, I was even with the whole 50 Cent thing. I mean, I still had a crowd, you know, so I was able to go on stage. I was able to go on stage without going to open mic and trying out material I've never tried before, you know? And from there, and probably out of the, probably the 10 different jokes that I did or 10 different things that I did, maybe two went okay. okay. That I didn't, you know, but I know if, if I do a joke and a joke don't work, I know how to go into the next joke and act like that was not even the joke I was trying to tell. Right. You know, but I know I have it because I know how, I know what these people, I know what it takes to make my audience laugh. Okay. And I was able to go up there with new jokes with, and with my own confidence and try it on in the audience. You know, but usually you post an open mic is where you go. But I think I've got to the point where if I think something is funny, I think they're going to think it's funny. Exactly. At least 80%. 80% of what I think is funny, they will, they, will, they, will have, they will enjoy. I would not need to go try it out so, to like open mic night. When you when you do have new material, do you still get a little nervous to try it out at all? Always. Okay. I'm nervous to go on stage with all material because it just it's more like it's, it's a good nervousness. It's just when you're nervous, it means you still don't take this for granted. You still want to go up there and give it all. You still, you still feel like you could have a bad night one night or so. You never know, right? You know. But with new material, yeah, you're definitely nervous because you don't know if this is gonna work. But I think I've built up that enough confidence to know that whatever I'm gonna deliver these people is gonna go well. You know, from from the history of the jokes that I've told in the past, right? I've been able to like judge my material to see, okay, they will like this, they might not like this, and you know, so forth. So I got a, I got a comment here. It says, do you ever just freestyle on stage to find your funny? So maybe it's not going so well or you the, the jokes aren't hitting like you thought. Do you ever just start freestyling? Oh yeah, it's been like, it's been times like that. I went on a stage one time. It was in Toledo, Ohio. Was it Toledo? Where, they, where the alarm went off? I was in Toledo, Ohio. 
somebody somebody went and used the restroom and either smoked some weed or smoked a cigarette <laughs> and set up the smoke detector. Oh, wow. And the shit went off for 30 minutes while I'm on stage. And I was able to improvise and just find a way to talk about that smoke detector, why it's making noise, because I did not want to just stop my show, yeah. let it fix it, and I come back. I stayed on the whole time that shit went off <laughs> and entertained them till it stopped. That's with a lot of improv with a lot of improv, improv and things. So yeah, I definitely, you know, I think my greatest point on stage is when I'm dealing with hecklers. I love what I, I wish a mother sucker would come back to me. You know, I wish somebody would because I'm at my greatest point. Right. I've been roasting so much in my life that roasting is my specialty. Yeah, man. I be dying on Wild Out. <laughs> Yo, I, and I also like the fact that your 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 jokes are like spitfire. It's like you can't get finished laughing at one before you're hitting them with another. And it's like, yo, you curled over dying. You know what I'm saying? Dude, it's so crazy to say that because I know I, uh, you know, now when I go on stage, I try to slow down now because I'm like, I got to give them time to laugh. Okay. I mean, in the past, like, Five years ago, I would go on stage. And I don't care if they're laughing at one joke. They're gonna, they're gonna be laughing at that same. I mean, I'm like boom, 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 bam, bam. They're like, yo, Mike, just slow down. Give them a chance to laugh at the last joke. Yeah, you know. And that just from like, you know, that's that's just my style. Everybody's style is different. And when you do, when your style is like mine, we have, you know, I'm more punchline, punchline, punchline. Yeah. I need. I use a lot of punchlines. You know. So, I mean, if if you if you are gonna Put a comedian on stage and like rate each one on how many times people laugh while they're on stage. I don't think anybody can top me. Right. You yeah. know, if you put me on stage for 30 minutes and and count how many laughs you get and put anybody else on stage for the same amount of time, they will not equal to my amount of laughs. Yeah, brother, you're at the top of your game, man. You're Appreciate at the top that, of your man. game. I'm telling you, I follow you, man. It's, you're hilarious. You're hilarious. Everything, like the skits, everything, man. Just. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I just, you know, the thing with social media, man, people don't understand, is another tactic where you have to, you know, and that, that's just one thing that I, I got to give all, all glory to God for giving me this talent to be able to, because a lot of times people think you're just funny on social media, you're not going to be funny in real life. I have those guys that will see me on Instagram, do a slow skit. And, I, and the thing with social media, I do that to keep that younger audience, yeah. you know? Like while and not, while and not is not I mean those kids are not even nowhere close to my age. Right. But I keep those younger audience, and I could still, I could still hang with them. I could roast just like them. Yeah. Or even better. Yeah. You know, I could <laughs> deal with the young kids. Because especially doing a show like while and not, I cannot walk the street without a kid coming up to me. First thing they want to do want to roast me. They, 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 everywhere <laughs> I go, every strangers in the airport, I'm on a, anywhere on a plane, they ready to roast because they know that I'm gonna bring that heat. Yeah. So. I do that to keep the keep the young demographic on my side as well. You know, I got the older I got the older cats that been riding with me since I started in '95, and I got the you know I got the young guys that just was born, you know, in 2000. Right. They have you no know. Idea. So I just social media man, so it's a whole different game, man. You have to you know you have to figure it out. Yeah. You know, and I found my niche, and I know what they like, and I know what they want. You know, I just give that to them. Absolutely. Do you feel like social media has brought you an abundance of opportunities? Oh, definitely. It brought me a whole new life. You know, that's why I'm, I'm not sure who, 
whose idea it was, but it was, it was a great thing. It's not just for me, man. It's great for a lot of entertainers as well. You know, even a lot of upcoming comedians that did not have the chance to go, that we didn't have Comic View, you know, they don't have shows like Comic View and Def Jam now where comedians could get on TV and be stars. Right. You know, now you got a chance to be your own star. You have your own platform. The social media is your own television show. Absolutely. Just entertain them. If you're, if you're making them laugh, then people will come. Yeah. You will get the followers, you know, because people will share. If your stuff is funny, people will share it. And that's how you get, that's how you, that's how you grow your following. You know, yeah. you guys have to take the shortcut out, try to go buying followers and buying likes and buying comments and buying all that. You know what I mean? But the, those are the same ones that cannot go, they, they, they try to go on the road and do stand up. It doesn't work because they cannot, they can't bring their audience out because they bought fake audience. Yeah. You absolutely. know, so, um, yeah, social media definitely changed my life. Uh, it, it definitely, because when it's, when it, when it came out, I jumped on it early enough, you know, started out on Twitter from Twitter. I was able to get a YouTube show and from YouTube, I'm able to do this. And from, from Twitter, between Twitter, YouTube, and like Instagram and Facebook, that's probably how I end up in the, in, in coming to America too. Right. That's how Eddie got to see me. You know, I'm right. sure you watched me back on Comedy View back in the day, but I found out you still have to keep yourself relevant. Nobody, nobody, if you're not relevant, nobody's trying to fuck with you. Nobody's checking. Period. You have to stay relevant. Absolutely. Now, you talk about timing, right? Do you feel that it's the same timing that you use on stage that you would use for jokes on screen, on set? Is that? Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah, man. My, definitely. That's why a lot of time, a lot of sitcoms or movies that like stand-up comics because we could use that timing. The delivering a joke is so important, you know. Yeah. Um, and definitely, when I when I do scenes in movies, I want to be able to like make it my own, where I could deliver the joke the way I want to deliver it because I know this it works for stand-up, and I know it could work for movie as well. It's the same audience sitting down watching the screen. Right. So definitely the same timing. That's why a lot of time comedians, you know, become. TV show stars because of the timing and the delivery. Absolutely. You know, every major sitcom was a stand-up comic. Right. Every major sitcom from Martin to, you know, and they <laughs> all, you know, all comedic All of them. All just people that are just brilliant enough to deliver a joke, like Will Smith, you know? Yeah. With Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, he did a really good job with that. You know, and then of course you got like, you know, Martin, you know, who did Steve Harvey? See, every stand-up comic that... almost had a sitcom yeah. because you could deliver the jokes. Absolutely, absolutely. What about Netflix? I know you were talking about trying to get a Netflix deal and you were gonna shoot it yourself, do the work yourself, and then just wait for them to come around. Like, is anything in the works on that? Well, you know, I was, <laughs> right as soon as I thought about shooting it, some crap happens. It always uh, COVID happens. You know, but I think, um, I'm pretty sure we should be able to do something really, really soon. I think we should be going back to hopefully I mean, even if I, if I have to shoot in a smaller venue, right? But I'm gonna definitely try to make something happen before the year ends, definitely. Okay. Now I got a question for you that maybe can help some of the up and coming comics. So back in the day when you were first getting in the business, how did you deal with feeling like you were overlooked for an opportunity you felt you were qualified for? Oh man, it's just so much politics in this game, man. <laughs> So many politics. I mean, back in my day, we did a lot of talent shows. I remember this one talent show I did, and I knew for a fact 
I want the comedy, the comedy segment of it. And, but in unfortunate, I did it. You know, it was, it was the guy that won it was nowhere as funny as I, I was. Right. And, but his management company helped put that contest together is why he won it. Right. You know, so in this, this is what I believe, man. I believe like when God says your time, it's your time. Can nobody stop when your time comes? You know, and I, I say it all the time, even if I would have blown up back in like the late 90s when I started, if I would have became a star then, my career probably been over by now. You never know. Yeah. You wait on God's time. Absolutely. You know, that's the, wait on God's time. Just at the same time, you got to keep working hard at your craft. If it's meant to be, it will happen. Don't get lazy and just sit back and wait for something to happen. You got to keep going. You know, you keep, if you're a comic, you keep going on stage. If you're a singer, you keep finding an open mic, you keep singing. You know, if you're an actor, you keep auditioning. You keep on reading scripts. You don't stop. Hard work, put God first. And when it's your time, it's going to happen. If it doesn't happen, it wasn't meant to be. Every Everybody's not meant to be a star. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you got to know that. You got to know that. Yes. Yeah, I was I just that. I just speaking with your manager about like I used to do music and it was like God was tugging on my soul about you know just, it wasn't for me no more you know and I just had to step away from that but this is my calling I like talking to people I like helping people I you know have my own talk show and help people through things and stuff like that so here I am you know what I'm saying so yeah man yes indeed and um I got um man I'm going blank I had a question. And I need it. Oh, I need to know, man. Who makes your clothes? Your, are, are those custom clothes? Because, man. You know what? It depends which ones he's talking about. I don't know. You just. Like, I wear, you know, there's some that I buy, like the, the African ones I, I wore were custom made in Togo, West Africa. Okay. Because it was these ones I used to wear. I had the blazer, the pants, and the matching shoes. Okay. I so I wore them a lot about two years ago on stage, and then the last about two years a year ago. But the last the last year year and a half, I've been more into like shinier clothes, mm. you know. So there's a uh, there's a boutique store that I go to in LA that I shop at most of my stuff, you know. And a lot of this stuff is a lot of this stuff is definitely not a store where the average black person would go to. Okay. You know, so I know if I go buy something out of here, I'm not going to catch nobody with this outfit on. Right. Then I have a lot of people that always offer to make me stuff. So my stuff comes from like a little bit of everywhere, you know. Okay. Once in a while, I go on Riddell Drive and grab something out of my favorite store. So, I, you know, I try to I, I try to switch it up. You know, as far as the stage one is mostly shiny. I got I believe in as a, as a headliner. You go on stage looking like a headliner. Right. I cannot stand when a comedian go on stage with a t-shirt on or something that anybody in the audience will wear. When I get on stage, I want the audience to look like, damn it, this is where the hell my money's going to. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Absolutely. Hey, man, before we wrap it up, I want to know if there's a Kings of Comedy tour, who's on the line? Who's on the bill with you? The 2020 King of Comedy tour. Right now, I, I go with Dave Chappelle. Absolutely. Gotta go with Kevin Hart. Chris Rock. Uh, let me see. I'm, uh, you, you get those. Cat Williams. Yeah. 
I'm going with five. Let me see. I'm trying to, I'm, let me try to put this in a banging order, okay? Who would I want to host this tour? Let me see. Okay, let's have, let's have Cat Williams host it. Okay. Cat Williams host the tour, okay? I think, um, the, and then, you know, hey, I will go first, you know, um, I'm probably one of the funniest one right now, but I think that those other guys' names might be bigger than mine's. And usually when, he, when you're introducing people on stage, they kind of go on how more popular you are. The name, yeah. You know, you want a great host that's also popular. So let's say I make Cat Williams host. I would go up first. And then after me, we'll put Kevin Hart, you know, unless he wants to go on before me or whatever, vice versa. <laughs> Right. And then we'll throw in the, um, all right. I think right now everybody's love Dave, but I think, but I, but I think Chris Rock got more of a faster punch lines. Mm -hmm. So I probably have Dave Chappelle and then maybe have Chris Rock close it out. So Chris Rock would be the headliner. You know what? I will look at it. This is not a show we have to, it has to do with headlining. This is a much, this is more like just going in like, just the headline, it just sounds like, this guy's better than everybody right, else. Yeah. So it's I a culmination. It's a culmination of the legend in the game right now. Exactly. You know, like I say, because when you're putting a show together, you like to, you start off with a bang and then you want the show to rise up. Right. You don't want to go like boom, bam. You don't want to go up and down. Yeah. You know, like Kev, Kevin Hart's style is more like storytelling. You know, they're not like punchline, punchline, hardcore. He's not, you know, he's more PG-13. You know, that's right. why I'm saying I probably pull Cap first. I probably go after Cap and then maybe Dave and then Chris Rock or maybe Chris Rock and then Dave. You know, okay. it could go any one of those orders. But that's how it is. That's what I'll do right now. Yeah, that'll be a dope lineup, man. Y'all got to make that happen. Soon as COVID's over. Oh, man, I don't know. I mean, the thing about it, everybody, each, Dave Chappelle got his own. Dave don't need nobody. Kev don't need nobody. Chris Rock don't need nobody. Cat Williams don't need anybody. They'll all do their own thing. So but like when you're trying to though, squeeze four people that could go and sell out the same amount of venues on their own, yeah. it makes no sense for them financially. I got it. But like you said, it's not about a headliner. It shouldn't be about that. Let's just all yeah. get together and let's put together. Let's get together and take the pressure off each other. Just go up there and do 20 minutes each. Yeah. Kill it. Put together a good show, man. Legendary. Yeah. Yeah, man. That'd be great. We'll see what happens. Who knows? For sure, man. I'm rooting for it, man. I'm rooting for I it. I am too. I'm coming if it, if it happens. I, um, You're going to be out in Atlanta in August, right? Yep. August 22nd weekend. I think 21st and 22nd. Yeah. I'm going to come check you out. Appreciate that. Yeah, that'll be right around my way. It's nice. Yeah, absolutely. But listen, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. I really do, man. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, but yeah, man, mean the world to me. It's an honor. Keep doing your thing, brother. Praying for you. Uh, yeah. Just keep going up, bro. Just keep doing your thing, man. You funny. Yes, sir. <laughs> Got you, my son, guy. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, man. Peace out. Hey, everybody that's tuning in. I um, want to appreciate you guys for tuning in, man. And if you have not subscribed, go ahead. I invite you to subscribe to the show. And uh, yeah, man. Michael Blackson, y'all. There it is. Michael Blackson in the flesh. I invite you guys to subscribe to the show so you can get the value that I'm gathering from all these guests. Um, but yeah, thank y'all for tuning in, man. Episode 31. Epic.
Appreciate y'all kicking it with cool card. I'll see y'all next week. Never know who I might have. And we out.